Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on a Wednesday. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM, as we return to local programming for the next couple of hours. Appreciate you spending some of your morning here with Trent Condon uh, and myself as we talk sports, a lot of basketball, football conversation. Uh, here's what uh, we've got lined up on the BMW of Des Moines guest list here today. Uh, Stephen M. Sipple, Lincoln Journal star in his regular spot. They will, at least the Huskers, uh, plan to uh, play, hopefully, uh, for their sake. They will, and for Minnesota's sake, as I know Flex Crew wants to get another game in. So we'll, uh, we'll go around the Big Ten with Sip. We could get Trent, fingers crossed, some information breaking during our show as the Big Ten athletic directors are meeting today with a lot on their agenda. Obviously, at the top of the list will be what the hell do we do with Ohio State. Um, what could come out of it is some clarity with Scott Dockerman with, uh, that he tweeted about over the weekend. Will there be three games in Indianapolis uh, coming up on championship weekend? So we could get a little bit of clarity. Will they move some games around? Uh, so we'll talk to Sip about the Big Ten. Uh, then Bill Bender, more college football conversation. He's the Sporting News' national college football reporter. He will join us at 1045. At Wednesday, it's Wednesday. That means Cappy is here to talk Chicago sports at 1140, no, 11.05, sponsored by Centurion Stone of Iowa. We'll do some Bears. We'll do some Cubs. The White Sox continue to make some moves. Uh, that coming up at 11.05. And then John Bowenkamp, iowacollegehoops.com. Amongst other places, you can read John Bowen Camp, and he was at Carver last night. The witness was a pretty darn entertaining basketball game for a Tuesday in early December, was it not? And that it was. Iowa came out, played incredibly well, shot the ball incredibly well. Went up, what, 16, I think? That was the biggest lead of the night, and then took Carolina's best shot and responded mm-hmm. right away and came right back on him and controlled the game really from there on out. A really impressive victory. Yes, it was at home, but... To do that, to do that in that environment, and a team that matches up differently than a lot of teams. They got a lot of different bigs that they could throw. Yeah, Garrison sure Brooks do. was out there, and that dude's a man. I yeah, mean, he, he, is. he was really, really good. And, and you know what? I was thinking about this yesterday. Rob Doster clued us into something because we talked about on Monday, Brooks is out. Mm-hmm. And that was, and then, okay, well, maybe he's not out. He's doubtful. But as we were talking to Doster yesterday, he said, boys, look at the point spread. It just mm-hmm. went from five to three and a half, to three. Somebody knows something was his response. And that had to be it. The waves, Trent, as you started to mention, of of bigs that they threw against Garza yesterday. I, you know what? I say this kind of in jest. He only got sixteen and fourteen, which is a pretty good line for for anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, he slept really well last night, got don't you up. think? Yeah. He got beat up. He did. He was in a fight. He was in a number of fights, and yet in a game like that, well, can Iowa win against a good team, a quality opponent? Mm-hmm. I don't think this Carolina team's great. They're going to get better. I agree with you. Those freshman guards are going Uh to be better, and they had moments in the game. That's going to be a better team in February than they are right now. But to win that game, Garza didn't play well. He just didn't. That's not the Luka Garza, Mm -hmm. even a year ago, that you kind of expected game in and game out. They made it uncomfortable uncomfortable for him. But he was able to pass the ball. That's something I mentioned yesterday. 
when those doubles come, when there's a guy that has good position on you, can get out. What do you have? Four assists in the game, mm-hmm. four That's, blocks, four blocks, and did other parts and rebounded incredibly well and yep. fought hard in there. Yep. So those are the components that you want to see. Now we as we watch Iowa basketball last year, we know he can do that. I think on a national scale, though, maybe that'll open up some eyes, too, in saying it doesn't there's just more have to, to be. his game. Yes. Yeah. And, and there's more to this Iowa team than just him. Wieskamp, mm. a guy that he was a shell of the guy we saw his freshman yep. year during Big Ten play last no year. No question. He, a, lot of, a lot of nights he disappeared. For one reason, I don't know the reason, but he did. Toughness is a question. Uh-huh. When things get tough, Joe Wieskamp, a year ago, tended to float to the corner. And he's one of the guys on that team that can take the ball off the bounce. There aren't a whole lot of them. Now, Bohannon's not beating his guy off the dribble no. and getting to the rim and finishing. It's not him. Frederick can do it a little bit. Boy, more. I like his game, Trent. He's, he's fun, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he sure is. But He's fearless. He absolutely is. But that's not the biggest part of his game. It's shooting for him. Yeah. And you look around this team, there's not guys that consistently can beat guys off the bounce. He's one of them in Wieskamp. But he wasn't able to do that last year. Or if it was tough... You got to put your head down. You got to get those two foul shots. It didn't seem like he was willing to do that. He was more willing last night, and they need that guy. Mm-hmm. If I was going to hit these heights, it's not Luca Garza. Garza's going to be yeah, here. Yeah, he's a given. Yes. All right. Bohannon's going to hit shots. Yeah. He's going to. Especially when the bright lights are on. Yes. Frederick, he's going to be there because uh-huh. he's got the toughness, and he, he has the cojones that he wants the ball in the big spot. But is it the Wiest Camp being that consistent threat? Being the guy game in and game out. Are you going to get the production off the bench as they did last night with Murray and Patrick giving them some good minutes? In the second half, they got yes. some production. They didn't have any in the first half. Those are the components here. If Iowa goes from a good team, and I still believe regardless of how this goes, this is going to be a good team. But to be a great team, you need all those yeah. extra elements. And last night, they had a lot of those extra elements. Mm-hmm. And that's why they win by double digits. And Nanji didn't have a good game last no. night. No. Um, and, and and he's he's got it in him to play better. Keegan Murray was a kid who jumped off the te- television screen to me. Looked like he belonged. He did, didn't he? You know what got Garza going? The um, his first basket of the second half when he hit the deck mm-hmm. and banked it in, and you could hear the you know the, I don't know what his scream uh, coming um, that he, that he let go of. That seemed to wake him up because he went on that personal like wasn't nine zero run or seven zero run mm-hmm. or something like that. Uh, when uh, when he started to uh, you know the ball he started to fall a little bit, but you know what? Yeah, the Garza didn't have it going last night, but I was still came impressed with his with how he played Trent just because this was one big after another. You know, when one could would come out, another fresh one a fresh one would come in, and yeah, Garza looked a little bit his tongue was hanging a little bit. He was dragging himself up and down the floor, but that's what he's going to do. He's an effort guy, night in, night out, and for him to play like he did against that. Wave of bigs uh, that the Tar Heels had. I was impressed. Dayron Sharp, isn't he that something? young man? Jesus. I, and the good thing is that there was foul trouble for Carolina. Right now, Garza is also part of that. Sure, he is. When you're taking on that load, you're going to get guys in foul trouble. But him and Brooks and Baycott, those are three mm-hmm. very impressive big mm-hmm. guys that they can throw out there consistently. Yep. Adam Sharp. When Carolina was making their comeback and finally took the lead. They had the lead for a total of 51 seconds in the basketball game. As it's unfolding. What was the, it, 67, 66 or something that like that? Right, yeah, something yeah. like that. As it's happening, how concerned with you? I thought Iowa had another run in them because we, mm-hmm. it's, it's a game of basketball, right? You come down to, and it's hard to stay there once you get the lead. You know that the team that gave it up 
is in all likelihood going to make a couple of shots, and that's exactly what they did. Bohannon gets hot. Keegan Murray, that little uh, uh, putback that uh, that he was able to, and that three-pointer, the and-one situation for him, that same play. Um, no, I wasn't really, Trent. No. I really wasn't. You know, I'm highly emotional with Iowa basketball. Mm-hmm. That, Not with all your teams. Yeah, I am. I, but Iowa basketball is probably the one that I go the furthest. This is... This is the team that I yell at the TV the most. Uh-huh. It's not the Bears, not right. the Twins. It's Iowa basketball. And part of it is basketball, and there's just runs in basketball. And I think it's the game and the element of that that, that maybe plays into that. But normally, something like that, I'm getting on my app. All right, I'm going to fire on Carolina here on the money line. <laughs> those kind of things. And last night, I did. And the 14 nothing run just shows you the yeah. maturity of this squad. Mm-hmm. Because there was no panic. Nope. You saw there was no panic in this team. Past Iowa teams, there was panic. And one of those runs mm-hmm. start to go the other way, and boy, we were up 16, and now we're done. One, it would go the other direction. That was not the case last night. A veteran team and a team now feels like with a lot of different elements. Were they great defensively last night? No. But you score like that? Yeah, you know what I thought they did better? Certainly early. They took care, they took care of the rebounding. They, there was very little second-chance points early in the game or opportunities for North Carolina. There was a lot of one-and-dones, right. you know, um, which was good to see. Now, they gave up some, but you would expect because when you got 6'11", 6'10", 7-foot coming at you, that's just going to happen. Carolina had 15 offensive rebounds. Mm-hmm. That's still going to be an element, and also mm-hmm. an element when you play a lot of zone like I was going to do. I do get frustrated at times when they're playing the two-three zone, and Garza's get stuck trying to get out to yeah, the wing. There, there was a couple of baskets yeah. trying to be really easy looks, right? Yes, and, and gets inside. Yeah, just a layup, and nobody's within five feet of them. But there's limitations with Luca's game. Uh-huh. And last year we had the arguments with Rob Doster and some of our other national guys, Matt Norlander. Well, how can he ha- not have him the national player of the year? Defense. Yeah, it's still an element there. And he saw that a couple of times, but. Hard to poke a whole lot of holes in a 13-point win against Carolina, even though Carolina was not very good last year. As mentioned, they're going to be better, I think, as this year goes on. But that's one that's going to stick. It's going to be a nice part of the resume, what the resume ends up looking like. 27 games are scheduled. I have no idea. (laughs) 23 and a half, is that a good over-under? Trent, we're see, see Shashevsky came out today, and I I know the naysayers are. I don't oh, have a very what? Good team. He doesn't have a back injury to fake this time. His team's not very good, so now he's going to try to cancel the season. Yeah, that's standard, Coach K. No, I get it. He's a punk. It, it was timely that um, you know. Would you be saying these things if you had a top five? And he clearly he doesn't. He clearly no. doesn't. This is a bad Duke basketball team. You know, I think I was wrong. Um, and maybe not wrong. I didn't write Kansas off as a team that's going to stink. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Wilson, play, when he plays like that, the redshirt freshman, he was out of his mind last night. Uh, was it Javon Wilson? That's close. It's yes. Wilson, anyways. Yep. He was Jaylen really Jalen Wilson. Uh, he played fantastic. And you know what uh, Brown's going to give him? McCormick and Lightfoot, when he gets his minutes, he's going to clog up the middle. I thought Kansas Creighton was really entertaining. And what a night of sports, right? Four o'clock for that one. Then you get the TV show that we'll get into. Six thirty, Iowa, North Carolina. Tip. You go halftime. You're flipping over to seventeen to catch Joe Buck and Troy Aikman and the Cowboys and the Ravens, which was okay for a Tuesday night game. Sure. Lamar Jackson doing what Lamar Jackson does. God, he's fun to watch run the football uh, when play, and he can throw it a little bit too. It's not mm-hmm. the prettiest of things when it comes out of his hand, uh, comes off his hand, but. Uh, 
Uh, but there was a couple of that touchdown in the corner of the end zone was a thing of beauty last night. And then you finish it off with watching Duke uh, get the crap beat out of him by a team that we both like in Illinois. So for a Tuesday night, early December, yeah, that's not bad. Watch the little Rutgers. Did you? So I didn't see any of that. Weird seeing the rack with nobody in there. Yeah. I mean, you know, one of those small, intimate settings, and that was odd. But yeah. struggled for a while with Syracuse. Pulled away. Rutgers is good. It just uh, are they, I haven't seen them. They uh, they lost one of their players. I think transferred to Oregon. I want to say sure. from last year. One of their bigs. I think graduated or left early. But uh, a couple of those pieces are back. Ron Baker Jr., yeah. who Hawkeye killer. Yeah, that, that guy has had three career games. It seems like against the Hawkeyes uh, during the time. But Harper, he's back. you mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. What did I say? Baker. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ron Baker, that's Wichita, right? It is. Right. It was. Uh, he was really good last night. He had 26 and watched a little bit of that one. But, yeah, you're right. Fun, fun night of college hoops. Uh-huh. And, you know, normally we're getting ready for the second day of the ACC Big Ten Challenge. And and, and Michigan State's off, right? Michigan State, Mich- Virginia. Uh, NC State, Michigan's off. There's, I think, three oh, games that are taken off. Wisconsin-Louisville, that was announced earlier in the week. Mm-hmm. I think Monday that that one is off. So, yeah, normally we'd be getting ready for all these games and kind of put a cap on things. Is there anything good tonight? Is there any big games? Well, Wisconsin, since they weren't able to play oh, the Louisville game. Up? Rhode Island, who's been decent. Right. Pretty good A-10 team. Maryland-Clemson. but So that came together within 36 hours yeah. or so? Yeah. How about that? Maryland-Clemson, that just feels like an ACC game. Yeah. doesn't even feel does. part of the challenge. Point. Michigan, now instead of playing NC State, they'll take on Toledo. The Rockets will be making the short trip to Ann Arbor. Georgia Tech-Nebraska. Indiana-Florida State. I think Florida State will club them. From what I've seen, Indiana has not impressed me early this season. And a lot of guys back from last year's team. Trace Jackson-Davis, really good. Race Thompson's all right, mm-hmm. but their guard play is not good. Any Big 12 games tonight? Uh, Big 12. Let's see what we got on the docket this evening. Want to see more of Texas Tech. Yeah, me too. They, they play Albany, Albaline Christian, though. Uh, Texas hosts Texas State. Yeah, no. Oklahoma Xavier. All right. And haven't seen the Sooners yet this year. And they play at what time, and, and who's got that one? That's 7 o'clock on FS1. In. And uh, Baylor takes on Stephen F. Austin. Not the Stephen F. Austin team we saw a couple of years ago that was really good. They're down this year. So, Baylor at least back on the hardwood. But, yeah, going to get my first look at Oklahoma tonight. In 24 hours without football. You going to be able to handle this? I'm going to somehow struggle my way through. All right, so let's get into the college football playoff announcement from last night, the TV show. Um, it, um, was, it was a surprise that uh, Iowa jumped over Cincinnati. Or Iowa State, rather, jumped over uh, Cincinnati to move up to seven. Cincinnati didn't play. Look, it's a lottery ticket, Trent, but I don't think you can definitively say, again, it's not going to happen, right? Let me make that very clear. You would have to win the lottery for what I'm about to lay out there, the path for Iowa State to get into the playoff. Lottery ticket. Florida gets beat by Alabama. Alabama's in. Notre Dame and Clemson. Clemson wins. 28-24. 28-24. Both of them in. Ohio State loses mm-hmm. to Northwestern or Wisconsin-Iowa, right? Yep. Who's five? A&M? A&M. A&M, they get beat. By Tennessee. By Tennessee. Now, this is the one that I'm not sure even matters, but I'm going to put that in the loss column. Okay. Because I'm not sure that a Big 12 champion with two losses, wouldn't get elevated above A&M. But we'll put A&M has lost. 
Florida, as we know, got blown out by Alabama. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the seventh-ranked team in the country, Iowa State, beats Oklahoma. They're the Big 12 champions. Mm-hmm. The eighth team in the country. Now, again, Cincinnati has already fallen behind Iowa State. Tulsa upsets them in the AAC. I don't think Georgia matters. I don't think Miami matters. I think Coastal Carolina and any group of five team, we've seen it in the paths. They just don't want them to play in their tournament. They'll give them respect. Some one of them's going to get a New Year's six. Where am I wrong? I mean, it's not going to happen. That's where I'm wrong. But to say there's no path, I don't, I think is disingenuous. See, and I think you're dismissing Miami, who has one loss to Clemson. Right. And yes, it would be three ACC teams. We're still talking about Iowa State, who's seventh right now. In the mm-hmm. order things go, yes, they would be next in line. But that's not the way this works out. It is a television show every week. Mm-hmm. This is, they go back to the drawing board week in and they week out. They say they do. And when you get to this spot, and when you get to ultimately that last and, and making the decision of who's getting in, even teams ranked seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, they're going to look at you more closely. Mm-hmm. And they're going to but look. But Cincinnati's lost in my scenario. And Georgia, I, I mean, I don't know how Georgia's ranked in the top 10 to begin with. Because they have nothing. They have nothing. So to, so your argument, your, your, not your argument, but your, um, your point in this debate is Miami, which would be a third ACC team, which is unlikely, and a one-loss Miami team who didn't play for their champion is going to jump nine, eight, and all the way up to four? They're not, though, because you had all these teams losing. Not, all, not Iowa State. Not Iowa State, right. right. But you had the teams in front of them, Cincinnati losing yeah. and Georgia losing. So it's very easy for them to jump up to that So I don't spot. think Georgia even matters. Georgia win or loss, I don't yeah. think, is getting in. But they, I, I think that jumping up those rungs is not that big of a deal. And coupled with... When you get to that point, all right, let's say this whole scenario plays out. They're trying to figure out the fourth team. Iowa State lost by 17 to a Sunbelt team at home. But they're ranked. They're in the coaches' bowl. They are. And it's better to lose early as opposed to late. And that's been the case. I get it. But it's better to lose early as opposed to losing late. And And that's been the history of this thing. You believe, though, that Iowa State, with two losses, would become the first ever two-loss team to get in the college football playoff, even well, with all these scenarios, because I don't. Losses, more than anything, matter. And we have seen this. Yeah. That has been the one consistent with this playoff committee, even as the names change, the one constant So has who been would you put losses. in over them? Miami. I don't... They didn't play... They didn't even play for their... And I just don't ever see a case where three teams from the ACC are going to get to play. You know what they didn't do? Lose by 17 at home to a Sunbelt team. That has to matter. That's ranked. That's ranked. Did it happen? Do games matter? No one's arguing that, but it happened early. But it happened. Yes, it did. How many times do I have to say it happened? Well, you you keep dismissing it. No, I'm not dismissing it. It's a group of five team that's really good, I think. I watched them last Well, if they're really good, then why isn't Coastal Carolina higher? It goes back to the group of five. That's one thing that if if you're going to you know use the history of the two lost team, and I don't think it's unfair on your part by any means, you have to include the history of group of five, and there is no history. Right? They just don't care. They should break off, as some have suggested. I think it'd be wonderful television. Maybe not every Tuesday night, mm-hmm. but come together at the end of the year and let make let let coastal. 
whoever it's going to be. Let let the Raging Cages put an independent BYU in there. Teams that Cincinnati, teams that normally are going to be left out, let them have their own championship. I think TV would buy it. I think people would watch it. Um, but I don't think a 10th-ranked Miami team who's not playing in their conference championship with one loss would elevate themselves over an Iowa State team who lost. I know it did. Before you, let me jump in before you say, but they did happen. Uh, they lost to the Raging Cages, and they lost to Oklahoma State. I actually think that's the worst loss, because I don't think yeah. they're worth a damn. I have no idea who Oklahoma State's ranked. What but, about Indiana at 8-1? Now, there's a good one. Did they win their championship? They didn't. Did they play for well, their championship? They would they in this should scenario. Have, yeah. It depends on what we hear yeah. from the Big Ten commissioners today. Yeah. Let's say that they say, these were our rules. Sorry, Ohio State. Yeah. You're playing in the second place game against Iowa-Wisconsin. And where are they as we, as we sit here today? They're 11 or 12. They 12? They're 12. Okay. Um, and you know this. I don't have These an rankings don't No, I, they, the ones today don't. You're right. I'm not sure I have an answer for your Indiana. You know, that might be the fly in the ointment. How about undefeated USC? No, nope, not enough games. 6-0? and Are they they're not playing? Oh, no. Who's, who's going to be? By the way, Fox lost Michigan, Ohio State. Their biggest game of the year, every year. And their, prime t- or their afternoon affair, 3 o'clock, mm-hmm. is now, well, it hasn't been officially announced, but Washington has now stopped. Washington, Oregon is the game that's supposed to come on Fox after Michigan and Ohio State this week. And if that comes to fruition... I, they have to move Wisconsin and Iowa over to Fox, well, You would they? think so, yeah. you got to have some kind of game As there. opposed and to FS1? You have to... Washington is then the North champions without leaving Husky Stadium. Yeah. I don't think the Pac-12... I think the Pac-12 is too far back. What's their highest ranked team? USC, right? USC at 15. Mm. But they beat UCLA. Mm-hmm. Decent team. Then beat Washington. 6-0, mm-hmm. and oh, is that better than 8-2? and two? And it's USC. Two, two wins over Oklahoma? How good's Oklahoma? They lost yeah. to a bad K-State team. They did. Two wins over Oklahoma. I think they're playing better right now. And uh, Brian, Brian matters. I, I think the Pac-12 is out. I think the, So an unbeaten USC team at, say, 6-0, and would they would get to, would they be, next Tuesday, are they, are they a 10, are they 11? I don't know. All of a sudden, they jump ahead of Northwestern and Coastal. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Maybe. Still a path. Lottery ticket. It's a lottery ticket. Everything would have to break that way. That's chaos with a capital. How do you spell chaos? A C. C? Yeah. There's a C in there. Right. It's not it's not a K. That's that's a that's a that's a lot of chaos you're asking for. Um that's a lottery ticket and I don't I I think I think Iowa State's already hit the lottery. When, yeah. when Jamie Pollard decided to hire this coach from Toledo. Uh, that's their lotto. Anyways, uh, fun uh, fun game last night. Carver Hawkeye couldn't get enough of it. What a wonderful way to spend the Tuesday. Luca Garza, I hope he's still sleeping uh, because he had to be just absolutely <laughs> exhausted uh, after wave upon wave of bigs. Bohanna's making his shots. Frederick's making his shots. Uh, fun basketball game. Keegan Murray, you got my attention, young man. That was a good, good effort on your part. We will switch gears. We're gonna, well, we'll stay in the Big Ten, but Stephen M. Sippel will join us next. Bill Bender from the Sporting News. going to run my scenario by Bender, my, my path. As unlikely as it is. Uh, then David Kaplan, 1105. 
And uh, what else? Oh, John Bolenkamp. Mm-hmm. Uh, more on that. Miller and Condon till noon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. What else? Terms and conditions apply. Uh, Nige Harris. It's time for SIP. <laughs> Stephen M. Sipple from the Lincoln Journal Star talks with myself and Ken on Nebraska football. I mean, I have a radio show. We have callers. I pay attention to my Twitter notifications and all that. There's definitely some frustration. We talk corn huskers, and you never know what else is going to come up. With 30 years on the Nebraska beat, here's Stephen M. Sipple. As long as they're paying me to talk, I'm just going to keep doing it. All right, welcome back. That uh, intro brings a smile to my face. Stephen M. Sipple, momentarily. Bob wants to join the program real quick. Bob, fire away. What's on your mind? Quick, I just want to say thank you guys for talking sports. It's refreshing to listen to a sports talk show that actually talks primarily sports. Second, I want to uh, just get your quick predictions. Uh, predict for me, if you would, what the, the point spread will be, uh, the Vegas line for the Iowa State basketball Ooh. game. And then secondly, predict if Iowa and Iowa State played in football this weekend, what would that line be? Ooh, I'll hang up and You know Ooh, what, Bob, Bob? Those are good. Those they, are a couple of You know of good what? Ones. That's something you got to reach out to I your do. friend Chris Andrews yes. at the South Point. I will do that right now. What do you think the line's going to be basketball-wise? Basketball, Ken Palm has it right now. I will buy 11. Uh, <laughs> I'll lay the points. <laughs> What does that really go off at? 14 and a half? See, Iowa State just hasn't played. Right. And look, whether they played or not, Iowa's a special basketball team. Iowa State is trying to figure it out. But yeah, I'm going to reach out to Chris and and hopefully by the end of the show have an answer. Neutral field. Iowa and Iowa State played this Saturday. Yeah. What would be the point? Uh, it's a very good question, and uh, Bob, thank you for that. Stephen M. Simple joins us. Sip, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on, Sip. Uh, boy, this Big Ten's fascinating how they're going to pull some levers and move some things around. Doesn't it seem like that to you, Sip, that, they're, uh, that, the, that the ADs who were meeting at some point today are indeed going to uh, make a path for Ohio State? Yeah, I'm, I imagine it could be already decided. I think that meeting began at 7 a.m. Oh, wow. I would be, yeah, I would be really surprised if there's not a, an announcement at some point pretty quick. Uh, and I would be surprised if they don't just say, you know, Ohio State, you're in. Yeah. And that's what they should do. Yep. That's, I, I think, I think, I think most people agree with that. So, yeah, I, I, I think we'll get word maybe by the end of your show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Minnesota, Sip, uh, they are seemingly on the precipice, right? That seems like they have to, between now and Saturday, nothing can go wrong for the Gophers uh, to make their way to Lincoln. We know Purdue was shut down. Obviously, we know the Michigan State game. Uh, the Michigan-Ohio uh, State game has been shelved. Um, tenuous, maybe, Nebraska and Minnesota? What are, what, are, what are you hearing? I'm not hearing tenuous. Uh, I think it's I think it's pretty safe right now. Uh, I think it's safe. I don't. Yeah, I don't think it's ten thirty-two on Wednesday. Uh, I think. I think it's gonna. I, in fact, I just talked to Nebraska, one of the one of Frost's operations people, and they're all systems go, and they've heard nothing that would dissuade them from being all systems go, or even put any seeds of doubt in their mind. So let's go back uh, before we look forward to Minnesota this week and what we saw, road victory against Purdue. And 
played well against Iowa, had opportunities, of course, ultimately didn't get the win there. But the building blocks, the positive momentum, at least from my vantage point, Sip, yeah. it does it feels like it is building a little bit for Nebraska. How do you see it? Yeah, you guys are always I'm always impressed by how closely you pay attention to Nebraska. I think that's a great read. And I think a lot of it stems from what's happened at quarterback with Adrian Martinez reestablishing himself at that position. He doesn't have much to work with at the skill positions at all, but the last two games against Iowa and Purdue, he's played well. He made, you know, he made it work against Purdue. Um, and, you know, again, he's reestablished himself. And I think that is a large part of the conversation. Not, o- not the only one. The other one is you saw Nebraska's defense hold the hold Iowa to 2.9 yards a carry. Mm-hmm. Then it came back against Purdue, and Purdue only had two rushing yards in that game. Jeez. So, excuse me, minus. They didn't, they didn't get over zero. Now, they only ran it 17 times because they were in comeback mode. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you shut down that part of the game completely, that's a good start for everything. So, they're, they're playing better defensively. They're not, obviously not, you know, it's not where they want to be. But, you know, guys, to close it out, to close this part of the conversation out, remember all off season how I harped on the fact that Nebraska gave up 5.7 yards per carry in the Big Ten last year. Well, this now the number's down to four. They're, they're at four, which is eighth in the Big Ten, which is, you know, that's not great, but it's, you know, that's pretty significant progress. You know, every, every uh, team seemingly, with the exception of Alabama, or, you know, has one of those boys, how did this happen? For, for Iowa, it was the Purdue game. Xander Horvath ran right over uh, that Hawkeye defense. And now we, and you saw them firsthand, uh, that's a pretty good run defense, pretty good defense overall. Iowa would love to have that one back. Likewise, I got to think Nebraska, for them, it's the Illinois game, which looks like an outlier now, Sip, if you just take these last few games uh, into the equation. The win over Penn State, uh, playing Iowa really tough. I mean, had the ball and were marching down the field until uh, Golston had uh, had other plans at the end of that football game. Uh, beat jumping on Purdue the way that they did uh, early in the football game, opening up a big lead and never giving Purdue a chance. The Illinois game starting to look like an outlier, and I'm with Trent. I think that um, Nebraska's starting to figure it out, Sip. Yeah, I think that we might be on you know, the very, it might be the very start of a turnaround. You, you need more evidence, though, right? I, I do think you're right about Illinois being an outlier. Outlier. It was inexplicable. When a team with as many deficiencies as Nebraska has that sort of Saturday, it's really glaring. Um, when they don't show up, you know, when they're flat, inexplicably flat. I, I think that there are times when Alabama does that, Clemson does that, but you don't notice it, you know. Um, you don't notice it as much. And, they, you know, they'll usually get out of there with a win, and sometimes it's still pretty convincing. But, yeah, Nebraska showed it was – I mean, that we're humans, and we, we've, we've had these conversations about sports teams for forever. It's really strange sometimes, but sometimes the vibe's not right. The biorhythms are, are off. And that's what happened. But, yeah, it does look like an outlier. And it can be somewhat beneficial because, you know, they, they get asked about it a lot, the players. And, and you know, they, 
they they know now that you can't do that, and it kind of unfortunately it happened. But maybe you can turn it into a bit of a positive. Full circle here, Sip. I love to get your perspective on just Nebraska, a new member of the league, different. We, we've heard going back to the beginning of the year, they had a game lined up after a cancellation wasn't allowed. If ultimately we find out today, Ohio State, they're going to change the rules for them. How much is that going to rankle the people in Lincoln and just the decision makers over there? And are we possibly getting to a point where, look, they're not going to leave the Big Ten or anything like that, but where this relationship really starts to sour if we see yet another step here, much like Texas, Nebraska felt like they were getting everything if Ohio State gets something different than what Nebraska. What's the the read on that over in Lincoln? Oh, I think there's people that are frustrated for sure. Uh, I think my opinion might be a little different. I probably run against the grain a little bit on this one. I you could, You'd have to convince me otherwise, but I don't think this is a situation where Nebraska fans should make it about themselves. I just They're not really part of this conversation, right. in my opinion. Yeah. I, this, is, this is about Ohio State, mm-hmm. and this is about putting Ohio State in a position that is the, the Final Four, the college football playoff, that actually would benefit Nebraska financially, benefit the entire conference. I think I would like to see Nebraska kind of be a team player. I mean, it doesn't – I just, this, this – I don't know. I get where you're coming from, and on our radio show – on my radio show this morning, we heard that sentiment loud and clear. But I don't – I don't know. I just, I'd like to think Bill Moose and Scott Frost wouldn't make this about themselves. I want to hope so as well, Sip, and uh, I think you're spot on with your take on this. So, so let's look forward to next weekend. Uh, if it, if um, if we get the announcement, what happens to Ohio State? Do you think we're going to get some clarity on what next weekend is going to look like? We're yeah. hearing that yeah. they're going to be, you know, they're going to use um, uh, home venues. I mean, Nebraska might get another home game uh, out of this. We don't know. But Scott Dockerman tweeted last week that apparently the Big Ten is tinkering with bringing three games to Indianapolis, the championship game and two others. Had you heard that? Had that changed at all? And when do you think we'll get clarity on how this is going to play out next week? I think we'll get clarity today. Um, I What I've heard today is that except for the championship game, the other games will be on December 19th at home site. But there will be Friday games. I think there's going to be, so I said December 19th, amend that December 18th and 19th. But only the championship game would be at a non-campus site. So that'd be an Indy. So just one, the other gotcha. one, Yeah, the other ones, what I heard today from an impeccable source is that it's, the other games will be on home site. And we'll find out those matchups sometime between probably Sunday or Monday. So, I mean, obviously, if it was, if they were to use today, for instance, six versus six would be Penn State, Nebraska again. Don't don't you want? I mean, they haven't played Michigan. Nebraska hasn't played Michigan. Doesn't it? Make and the Big Ten has said that they have. They Good. they're going to Good. at least try to not have repeat yeah, matchups. That, that's the way this has to be. Uh, Sip, we'll have more. Go ahead. No, they're, I think they're handling this part of it pretty well. I, 
I, and I think they, uh, Trent's right. I think they'll try to avoid Reed. 30 seconds left, Sip. Uh, what, what kind of teams does Hoiberg have? Uh, I, I don't, I mean, I've watched them twice. Here's what I'd say. If you look at Ken Paul, it's not pretty. They're, they won't be, they're, at this point, they're not favored in any of their 20, remaining 22 games. And I think the highest percentage after tonight's game against Georgia Tech is a 33% chance to win. They're better. They're much better. But I don't know if, how much the record will reflect it. Good stuff, Stephen. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Sip. All right. Thank you. Guys. Good stuff, Stephen M. Sippel, Lincoln Journal star. I uh, love the fact that get another Big Ten perspective, some mm-hmm. of the room. So he shot down Doc's rumor from yeah. last week. All right. So Bob asked the question. Bob, thank you for that as to what the point spread would be if there was a game this week between Iowa and Iowa State on a neutral field. Your friend, Chris Andrews from the South Point in Vegas, and they take some major bets. Yes, they do. At the South Point. This is as. I'll use Sip's word. As impeccable a source as you can get. He's a line maker. Trent, what did you find out? Iowa State would open up neutral field, playing this Saturday. All of a sudden, this game comes together, as we've seen lately. Iowa State would be a three-point favorite over the Hawkeyes. Neutral field, what would that be? Trying to think right in the middle. Marshalltown? Uh, Oh, you're going to keep it in the state? Well, yeah, yeah. All right, sure. Okay. Put it in Marshalltown. Nobody's going to the game, right? (laughs) Right. Well, that'd be big for Marshalltown, but you know it really wouldn't because nobody's going to the game. <laughs> exactly, uh, it's a crazy year. Uh, good stuff, and, and thank you to Chris Andrews for doing that for you as quick as he did. So you get a play. Here's a hundred dollar free play at the Connick Casino. Where are you laying your money, I Ken know, Miller? I mean, Ference has Campbell's number. You're grabbing the three. Maybe a little taste on that money line. Huh? Iowa State's got amazing offense. So good defense too. I trust Keith Duncan more than I trust Connor Asali. That's where you're going. Okay. I like that you answered the question. I didn't think you were going to. Oh, come on. Why did I never duck anything? Uh, we will talk to Bill Bender next from the sporting. Where, where, where are you betting? I grabbed the field goal. Yeah, I grabbed the field goal too. It's it's Campbell Ferentz. If it was two and a half, I might lay it. It's right on that tilting that tipping point for me. It's a good line. Yeah, it's a good line. Um, it would be a good week for this game to take place. Yes, it would. I was busy, though. Uh, we'll take a timeout. Uh, Miller and Condon joined by Bill Bender next. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KX01. Cisco World Spirits Competition. From the sporting news, where he went a couple of minutes long. Uh, let's get Bill in here. A lot of ground to cover. Bill, uh, Trent, and Ken, thank you for coming on. A difficult weekend for Fox Television. They lose Ohio State, Michigan. Apparently, that's going to cost them in the neighborhood of $18 million in advertising. And then the three o'clock window, which comes up right after that one, I guess it's in a spot right now where Washington is shut down and Washington, Oregon were supposed to collide. Uh, Fox is in a tough spot this weekend. So is college football, Bill. Oh, and it's too bad because I've gotten to know some of the producers and talent and PR over there, and they do a fantastic job. And um, it's hard, it's hard to, to see that. And, uh, you know, for us, uh, somebody who grew up in Ohio and has been around that game his entire life, it was just crushing because, yeah. you know, even though the outcome was pretty much presumed, it's one of those you, you need to see it every year. And I'm sure you guys are like that mm-hmm. the same way with Iowa, Iowa State. 
So if we don't get a game for Ohio State this weekend, we await the decision from the athletic directors. What direction do you think they should go? It's a technicality that they put in place, but you're the Big Ten. You want your best team in there in that championship game, right? Or does it make more sense for them to play a more name opponent? Whoever wins the Iowa-Wisconsin game this weekend, certainly you would think a bigger brand nationally than Northwestern. Does it make sense to say, sorry, you're not in the championship game, but here's that other game against maybe a better opponent? Well, Trent, I think, uh, you know, if you made me Big Ten commissioner for a week, I'd, I'd try to reshuffle this week's schedule, mm. depending on who can't play and, and which teams can't play. And I'd do it soon. I'd probably try to do it by tomorrow. <laughs> um, and if that doesn't work, you got to try to get Ohio State a sixth opponent. I don't think they're going to move off that number four line. I think you could relax the Big Ten requirement to get them into the conference championship game. I could see that coming. I guess that makes sense to me. But I just don't like for fans like Iowa and Northwestern and in Indiana. I don't know how that would be met. Where it just it kind of seems like common sense to me. That's what they should do. Hmm. You know, Herb Street I thought was spot on last night in his scenario when when he threw out that you know Buckeye fans you've got to be rooting for Alabama because the last thing you want is Florida upset Alabama. I think Clemson Notre Dame are both getting in, Bill. So I'll, I'll throw that out there now, uh, regardless if Clemson. Um, I mean, I don't know if they if if Notre Dame can get beat fifty two to nothing and still feel pretty good, but I don't think they will. But Florida cannot beat Alabama uh, for for Ohio State's sake because then then I think that they're in a real tough spot. Yeah, you know, I think uh, with that you got to Clemson can't lose because I think once you lose twice, you get in some weird discussions uh, about you know who's behind you. You're absolutely right about Florida. Florida's kind of the last wrench to me. If they win, it's going to cost them upheaval. Um, you know, if Notre Dame gets beat by 30, it could cost them upheaval. Ohio State, their worst-case scenario is kind of right now. They're just living it because they need to play. They need to get on the field. And with the Big Ten and the COVID and things that have hit, and I'll be clear, right? I don't think Michigan ducked them. No, no, they, they had 45 guys out. Right. Like anything, anybody who thinks Jim Harbaugh ducked out of a game against anybody that they just don't know Jim Harbaugh that well. So craziness happens, Bill, and and let's go down this scenario and, and you need to find a fourth team and you have Cincinnati who had a game canceled this weekend, but they have Tulsa. It's Iowa state who beats Oklahoma for a second time and is sitting there at nine and two Miami be a possible third team from the ACC getting in. You know, with that next tier of teams, who do you think has the strongest argument? Cincinnati, even though they haven't played for about a month. Yeah. Um, no, they're undefeated. They've beat some decent teams. I don't see a need to play Tulsa twice. They beat no, them in a pretty either. good season. Yeah. You know, 9-0 is pretty good. Um, I don't get where the A&M stuff is coming from. <laughs> I watched Alabama destroy them. I know they have a have had a good season, but they're not going to be in a conference championship game. Right. What do you you need to watch Alabama beat them by 24 again? Because that's what would happen. Um so they're the one I don't understand. And then, you know, the Big 12, again, it comes down to kicking yourself a little bit, whether you're Iowa State in that season opener yep. or uh, Oklahoma, who had the back-to-back losses. And now if that was an 8-1 and one versus 8-1 game, the winner would be in the playoff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, in, in your scenario, Bill, Iowa State. Uh, we'll use we use Iowa State because they're seven. Iowa State beats Oklahoma for a second time. They've lost to the Raging Cajuns. They've lost to the Oklahoma State. 
the Louisiana game was week number one, so you know they apparently uh, losses early in the season. They kind of get overlooked a little bit. So with Cincinnati winning the AAC, beating a Tulsa, leapfrogs Iowa State to take that fourth spot if it's not Ohio State opposed to taking the Big 12 champ. The perception of the scores will matter. I mean, Iowa State's kind of that hot team right now. How impressive they looked last week. Beating Oklahoma twice would carry some weight. Beating Texas. Um, Iowa State would get in some real creative conversations if if Clemson loses and Florida wins. Or, or if Cle- really, if Clemson loses. Because then you'd have... Let's say Florida loses. Florida's got two losses. Clemson's got two losses. Iowa State's got two losses. Cincinnati's undefeated. Texas A&M's got one loss. You got to put one of those five teams in the playoff. Yeah, I'm with Good you. Luck. On the, yeah. Good luck, <laughs> really, Florida. Have yeah. fun with that one. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on the A and M thing. You know, and say Tennessee picks off A and M and then yeah. removes them from the equation. Do I think it's going to happen? No. But it could. It's sports. It is. Upsets happen all the time, and craziness happens in the sport we call college football. With that, Bill, last weekend, group of five matchup, Coastal against oh, Independent awesome. BYU. Such an entertaining game. Maybe not the most well-played, but it certainly was entertaining. Coastal Carolina, the Sun Belt as a whole. You know, that next tier that you mentioned, the American Athletic Conference, they are certainly that next group of the uh, group of five teams. The Sun Belt, how much more notoriety, the 3-0 record against the Big 12 this year, how much better and higher in the pecking order do you think this conference could go in the next couple of years? There's good talent down there. Louisiana's having a good season. App State's a good program. That game Saturday reminded me of, I've been kind of using the analogy of a uh, an awesome Sweet 16 game. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you know, like a, Creighton and Wichita, well, not, maybe not those two, but, you know, you're getting what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. Like Creighton versus Iowa, you know, and they, they had this great game in the Sweet 16. That's what it looked like. And, uh, you know, I thought that BYU guy was going to get in on that last yeah. play. And uh, what a pass Wilson made. But, I mean, mm, sure did. it's probably going to end in a New Year's Six Bowl for Coastal or Cincy or these undefeated teams that stay unbeaten. You know, one of the things last night, not to get off topic, but, Man, USC's that low at un- in an undefeated mm-hmm. USC team. Well, I never thought I'd see the day knowing how much I know about that brand. Yeah, no, it's it's a good point. I, I just can't see any way uh, that the Pac-12 is going to be able to um, c- get close enough to the playoff that they're even in the conversation, Bill. Do you? Why is, are they being treated that much different than Ohio State other than eye test, though, is my question. Because... They've played a couple close games, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. they've got a good quarterback. They've got talent. Yes, they do. Uh, if they go undefeated, it's going to create some weirdness because they're going to wonder what their role in this whole thing is. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's going to be like one of those untied ends at the end of the season. So, I mean, the nice meat playoff is the top four that we have now, and it would yeah. be spectacular games if they all do what they're supposed to do. But I'm just not there yet. I mean, there's only 10 days left. It could get weird. Uh, Bart had ducked the question uh, that Reese Davis asked him at the end. You know, he didn't come, Reese Davis wanted to phrase it in a way that he thought maybe Bart would come right out and answer. But they are not going to match Clemson, say, two and Notre Dame, three. They're going to avoid that if indeed they're both in. We're never going to see that for the third time unless it's in the championship game, right? They will. They they will conduct that question all they want. They're not going 
go again. Maybe right. they will, but, you know, I, I think, to me, the dream scenario is you get Alabama-Clemson, Notre Dame-Ohio State out in the Rose Bowl. What I think is going to happen, though, is you're in, probably going to end up with Alabama-Notre Dame if Clemson beats Notre Dame mm-hmm. by a reasonable margin. And then you're going to get Clemson and Ohio State in a rematch with Lawrence and Justin Fields, and that'd be pretty cool too. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think anybody object will object to any of those combinations with those four. Or they could keep Ohio State at four, let Clemson and Notre Dame do part three and go from <laughs> there. But I don't know. Like you said, they can duck that question. But I agree with you, Bill. We're out of time. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Bill Bender. Hey, sounds good. Talk good to, to you. talk to you, David Kaplan, next from Chicago, fourteen six.